ReachMD XM157 presents a special series, Insights in Future Medicine. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic, and today on Physicians Roundtable, my guest is Dr. Alex Gansis. Dr. Gansis is an Associate Professor of General Surgery at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, and he's also the Director of the Division of Bariatric Surgery at Baltimore Sinai Hospital. Today's subject is going to be telemedicine in general, and in particular, the use of robotics and an interesting audiovisual device called the RP7. So, Dr. Gansis, maybe you could tell us a little bit about this robotic device. RP actually stands for remote presence. And what this device or robot does actually allows a physician to project himself or herself from whatever location she or he might be next to the patient. Basically, think of it as a very uh, sophisticated webcam system that actually can be controlled by your desktop computer from home or from the office where you send a command to the robot. The robot will actually move towards the patient and allows you to communicate with the patient who is at the bedside. Basically, project your image where the patient is uh, located. What was the inspiration for such a device? I mean, is it the pressure of too many things to do for for the practicing physician? As you know, uh, we physicians, we're always busy. There's no enough hours in the day to take care of our patients. And my practice is no different than any other. We have a, a lot of patients that actually undergo surgery, and then we have our clinic hours, and, and they're diversified all over the campus. So when I came around this piece of technology, I thought that probably will help me reduce the gap between physicians and, and patients' contact by being more frequent close to the patient and therefore help him out through the post-operative period. My type of medicine that I practice is called bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery, and we do the so-called gastric bypass or lap band techniques. And uh, these patients actually are that comes to our hospital with a lot of health problems. So it's in the best interest of the patient in hours that after surgery, they can meet discharge criteria very quickly so we can discharge them from the hospital to avoid complications such as respiratory infections or blood clots on their lower extremities. So I thought by utilizing this kind of video conference system, I actually can be in contact more often with my patients and coach them throughout the day to achieve that uh, discharge criteria. And actually, we have uh, recently published a study that was published on the Journal of the American College of Surgeons that actually showed that by incorporating more frequent contacts with a patient through these systems, our patient actually achieved discharge criteria in one day as opposed to two or three days. Therefore, the length of stays is reduced and uh, patients are, are happier. What does this device really look like? Here's the patient laying in the room, and maybe you could just describe for us how does it appear and how does the patient even begin to interact with it? Well, it looks like a six-foot-tall vacuum cleaner. On the top of it, there's a monitor. It's an uh, LCD display like you would see on a laptop computer. And uh, even on the top of the monitor, you can see high resolution camera with uh, two antennas. So it looks like a, a Martian when it, rose, when, when it rolls over. The system actually works with a wireless system that is connected to the public internet. So you can access the robot using the internet uh, and not necessarily have to be in the, uh, within the premises. Therefore, I can call the robot or connect into a robot from home, from the hospital, and I've done it even from South America, Argentina specifically. 
because it goes through the public internet, so it just doesn't matter. So once I log into the robot, the robot will project me or, or broadcast the video images uh, around 25 to 30 frames per second on what's going on in the environment. In, in our case, will be our hospital. And at the same time, I'm broadcasting through a camera on my control station, my image, which is projected on the uh, robot's monitor. And then through a joystick, you know, like you've seen in any video game, the robot is able to go move forward, backwards, lateral, tilt, and, you know, the head can tilt back and forth. And then once I establish that connection, I will command the robot through the joystick just to move towards the patient's bedside. And once I get into the room, the patient will see the robot, will start talking. And once my thing, well, you know, it's a big surprise, see this piece of machinery just rolling in, you know, and most of my patients, by the time they see the road, they're aware of, of this piece of technology is going to come, and, and sometimes they get upset if they don't see it, because I get a page by the nurse saying, you know, patient so-and-so is expecting to see you with a robot. So, you know, sometimes they, they're, they're aware of that. But it's interesting, when I was asked about how patients perceived this uh, piece of technology as opposed to have the doctor in flesh and bones. And actually, they, they like it very much. And what happens is... Just imagine you and I are talking on the phone right now, and right now you're forgetting that you have a piece of plastic probably stuck in your ear, but now you're completely focused on the content of the conversation. And this, the same situation happens when I communicate with my patient through this piece of technology. Perhaps the uh, surprise of uh, having this uh, little monster <laughs> roll into the room, you know, last a few seconds, but I would start talking about their medical issues and, and the treatment and the, what's the plan for the rest of the day. The patient forgets completely about that's the piece of machinery and get completely focused on the content of the conversation and they feel that their doctor is actually present there. That's what this is a piece of uh, technology that is part of the uh, overall telemedicine admarmentarium. As you described, I was just trying to imagine myself being in the room and all of a sudden the robot appears uh, without announcement. So in, in most cases, as it's being practiced right now, the patients are expecting the robot to roll in at some at some time, but it's a little bit unannounced. Is that is that right? Well, in our practice, and because of the nature of the practice, before surgery, my patients do require to attend educational sessions in regard to their operation. And during those sessions, we introduce the concept of the robot. So at a certain point of their education process, they know that there's you know, a piece of machinery that actually assists the doctor during the post-op period. So when the robot actually actually uh, rolls into the room, those patients are not completely surprised, they're expecting. But the one who are really surprised is the family members who obviously didn't know about it. They probably heard about it, but you know, they didn't know about it. And they're quite surprised. You can see a lot of laughs and exclamation about you know, this, this thing coming in without no one pushing it because you know, it's completely automated. But it's quite funny. I always think that, you know, it would be nice just to try to freeze those expressions by videotaping the family members because it's quite, quite funny. But all of a sudden, I'm telling you, after a few seconds of this, uh, when this surprise phenomenon fades out, we all get involved into the content of the conversation. And when we discuss the treatment, we discuss issues that may arise, like pain, like what kind of uh, exercise the patient needs to undergo for that day. I do answer questions of family members. And the robot has this actually body language because it moves around and rotates. And if, uh, if someone talks to me from my right side, then I move the robot and talk to that uh, family member, for example. And if someone else on my left, then I move the robot to my left and so forth. So it has a, it has a body language of its 
itself, although it has no arms, but people are very, very comfortable talking to, to the robot or talking to me through the robot, I would say. Like, we'd be very comfortable talking to your own doctor through a telephone. At the moment, what are some of the limitations that you have perceived by using this with respect to... One that I can imagine right away is the physical exam part, where you can't really touch the patient and feel the patient as you would if you were in the room. But how do you feel about the limitations at the, at the moment? One can argue it's not the same because, you know, you need to, to touch the patient. And I'm probably it's true, and I'm not diminishing that piece of the uh, interaction between patient and, and doctor. And actually, we don't take that away. We don't try to replace that. Remember that we use the robot as a complement of the main patient-physician relationship when trying to say that we do still perform our standard rounds every day where we do greet the patient with a handshake and if there's any question, we lay our hands on the, on the tummy and kind of feel for what's going on in the belly. So we do have that physical contact with the patient. But the robot actually adds quality of care by establishing a much stronger communication throughout the day. Because had I not had the robot, then I had to rely on information presented to me by the nurse uh, or by another physician in training who probably is not very familiarized with the patient. So I, I don't get the same kind of information as opposed to getting right there from the patient. So first, we're not trying to replace the formal uh, encounter that we usually do with the patient. Secondly, one of the limitations is that the robot does not have arms that allows me, for example, to roll around through the hospital and take elevators or open doors. So sometimes I have to you know, ask the nurse, please open the door for me because otherwise I cannot walk in or please push the button of the elevator so I can just get in and, and make sure that someone probably helped me on the other side and so forth. But I think technology eventually will catch up with that piece of component. You're listening to Reach MD the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic, and with me today is my guest, Dr. Alex Kansas of Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, and we're talking about telemedicine. So how do they like this robot interaction? Have you had some feedback, or have you had enough patients already that it's possible to get reasonable feedback? Actually, there was a study actually done by uh, John Hopkins Department of Urology a year prior. It was published also when they look at patient satisfaction are using this this type of technology. And their conclusion was that not only the patients feel very satisfied and not uh, in danger or threatened by this technology, but they prefer to see their doctor through video conference system that deal with uh, someone else who is not familiarized with their own medical history, although it's present there in bones and flesh. So it's quite interesting. Put yourself as a patient, right? You, would you rather talk to your own doctor on the phone or convey that message through a third party? How about, as a side issue, what about the liabilities? Have insurance companies or other entities expressed some concern that this is, you know, not the doctor seeing the patient or there has been no obstacle in that regard? Again, liability for not being there. I mean, we're not really worried because we're there. And, and again, we do not replace tele-robotic roundings by subtracting or eliminating the standard contact with the patient. We still do see the patients every day, physically, I mean, there. This is a, a complement. This is an add-on just to improve our care for our patients. In terms of, you mentioned about the rules of telemedicine, you know, there's a lot of examples throughout the United States where certain telemedicine sessions actually have been reimbursed by insurance company, even by Medicare. So I think... With the uh, the problems that right now we are encountering, such as shortage of physicians and nurses, I think telemedicine will play an important role just to provide care 
where it's needed, where you don't have the advantage of having uh, nurses and doctors like you could see probably in much more metropolitan areas and if you're located in a rural area. So I do not concern about liability of using these systems. On the contrary, uh, I, you know, I encourage a lot of people just to you know, try them out and use them. You've been listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Danny Petrasic, and today my guest has been Dr. Alex Ganzis. He is an associate professor of general surgery at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and is also the director of the Division of Bariatric Surgery at Baltimore Sinai Hospital. Dr. Ganses, thank you very much for being our guest today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Our pleasure, and I hope we can have you back again for an additional segment because I think this is an expansive field and it's going to only grow. Thank you for listening to a special series, Insights in Future Medicine on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals.